chapter 7 in your Bibles, that's where we'll be most of the morning this morning. Uh, I do apologize for my voice being like it is. If I begin to cough, y'all just go ahead and take a break. It may take me a minute, but uh, I have gotten over the flu here back a few weeks ago, and my voice just has not recovered, but it, uh, maybe it will before long. The doctor told me this would, this would hold on for, for a little while between the flu and the pneumonia that I had, but uh, we'll get through it. We will get through it. Oh, I do appreciate the opportunity to be here with you this morning. I do not take lightly someone inviting me to be uh, in their pulpit. Uh, it is a it is quite a quite an a, a, a honor to share a pulpit with someone else's or share someone else's pulpit. I do not take that lightly at all. I do thank Brother Joe for the invitation. I do hope we can uh, we can get through what God has laid on my heart for you this morning. I kind of struggled with a Christmas message this morning, but God kept saying, no, wait a minute, no, wait a minute, no, wait a minute. And if you've ever had something like that, taught a class, uh, spoke or anything like that, when God says, wait a minute, you better wait a minute. You better hold on. So if you would, just, as I said, turn to Joshua chapter 7. Um, if you found, your, found Joshua chapter 7, we're going to talk, talk about a little backstory here just for a moment. In uh, Joshua chapter 6, uh, most of you probably, without any studying or without any, any uh, uh, looking back or having to think about it, we know that Joshua was a, Joshua was a prophetic uh, successor to Moses. When Moses passed, Joshua stepped in and took the pla a place as the leader of Israel. That is not a big, uh, a big uh, lesson for you, I know. But in Joshua chapter 6, what we find is the people of Israel... 
are marching around Jericho. Jericho was a very great and mighty city. It was something that God had told Joshua to take the children or take the armies of Israel and go and conquer Jericho. So there was there was very detailed instructions of what to do. He told them, he said, oh, uh, march around the city six times each day. March around the city on the seventh day, seven times. Blow the trumpet, give a shout. The shout was a great glory to God. It was a, joy, a joyous shout, and the walls will fall. Aren't you glad today that God is still victorious? Amen. He gives us victory. Amen? Amen. Amen. amen? amen. I heard some amens. I know you can do it now, okay? So don't, don't, don't give up on me. Amen. Amen. There was a decree that was given that came from God through Joshua that all the belongings of Jericho were accursed. In other words, they were cursed by God. Why? Because Jericho had become a very sinful city. That was why. In a nutshell, it was a sinful city. It was a sinful place. The things they were doing were pagan and idolatry. It was sinful. It was sinful. Uh, not to be touched or taken. You find that in Joshua 6, verses 17 through 19, right in there, if you want to read it for yourselves. No clothes, no money, no gold, no jewels. Nothing was to be taken out of Jericho for themselves. It was all to be given to God. God for God's use, for God's glory, for God to be manifested. That was what they were to do with what they found in Jericho. End of story. End of story. Nothing was to be taken for themselves. And I want to say to you today, there are some things that God's people are not to have their hands in. Plain and simple. God says, don't have your hands in it. When God says, no, 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 he means, no, no, no. There's no questions, no, no. Well, what about this guy? When God says, no, 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 he means it. Right there's your instruction manual. He gives us instructions, and there's no questions. Some things we are not to mess with. We find the curse transferred to us. Transferred to us. Now what we find here is that these, these things wind up being transferred to us and it's brought into our camp. It's brought into our camp. <coughs> As I said, you have to excuse my cough. Now in chapter 7, we find Israel in another battle. Now they conquered this great big battle here with Jericho, a mighty city, a very great city. And they conquered that battle. In another battle here in chapter 7, we find them, they're going after Ai, simply spelled Ai. Ai, another city. And they go after it. Joshua had sent out spies to look at this city, and they come back and they say, we don't need all of our great uh, army might. Maybe two or 3,000 people, and that'll be it. It'll be okay. We can take it. They return telling, them, telling Joshua this. They enter into this city of Ai, and Ai begins giving them what we might call here in Mississippi a good old butt whooping. That's what you can just call it. That's what we would call it here in Mississippi, a good old whooping. That's what happens. And they send them with their tails tucked. Israel has Ai, a very small city, a very small feat for, for Israel. And here they have already taken a great city. Now what happened? What happened? Israel went from winning great big battles to now they can't win the small battles. And if any of you were real honest, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you can think in your mind to I've been in that place before where God was blessing my home, God was blessing my business, God was blessing my family, to now I can't even control my own temper. 
I can't even control my own my own finances. I can't even control my own my own things I, that I want to do day to day. But just a few minutes ago, just a day or so ago, just a, a month or so ago, or last year, I was I was defeating the big battles in life. And now I can't control my own little battles in life. I can't control my own things in life. I think if you think back and we all decided to raise our hands, I would be there myself. I would be there myself. I have done this. Yes, now you can't control the own things. Something has changed in our camp. What has changed? Joshua himself went to God to plead, what was wrong, God? What's wrong here? What's happening? God told Joshua in verse 11, Joshua said in verse 11, Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. You see that? I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen and dissembled also and have put it even among their own stuff. They have done this. Israel has done this. <coughs> now if you look at verse 13. Now I'm going to ask any of you that can to stand if we read from the Word of God here for just a moment. Just in reverence to the Word of God. This is what God has told Israel to do. This is the instructions that God has given Israel. God says, up. He's telling Joshua this. Up. Sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed or a, or a cursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Now if you skip on down here for just a minute, go, go on down to verse 19 for me. This is Joshua. Joshua has come. This is Joshua's re reply. And Joshua said unto Achan, here's our man Achan. Joshua said unto Achan, my son, Give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment, and 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight. And I coveted them, and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth, in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I ask you to, to be with us this morning, God. God, I ask that you would just open up the, the windows of heaven, God, and just pour out your Spirit upon us. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that what I make a mess of here this morning, God, that you would just smooth it out, that it would lay upon the hearts of those here today. Dear Heavenly God, I ask that you would just walk to and fro amongst these, these eyes and these pews, dear God. God, that you would just have them, have them hear what you would have said, not what I would say. Dear God, I ask that you would just go with us through the rest of the day, through the rest of the hours, through the rest of the week, dear God, and that we'd apply these things that you would have us hear unto our lives. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Maybe see. <clears throat> now can't you just see Aiken? Aiken here is he's walking at the back 
as they're circling Jericho. He's walking at the back and he sees Joshua go around the bend or over the hill or whatever it might be. And he says, well, yeah, Joshua's out of sight. He'll never see this. And he runs over here and he grabs this garment, he grabs this silver, he grabs this gold, and he runs over here and he puts it in his tent. He digs down, he digs him a hole, and he buries it. He says, well, I've got that whipped. Joshua will never know. The people will never know. But Israelite army will never know. There was a problem. It wasn't Joshua's eyes he had to worry about. It's God's eyes that were watching. Now, with that being said, how many of us have ever been there before? Yeah, done something that we thought, I've got away with that. I have got away with this. Nobody will ever know the difference. Now, you don't have to show me hands, but I'll go ahead and say, yeah, I have. Now, we all know that God hates sin, but I'm going to tell you what God hates worse than that. God hates us hiding sin. God hates us hiding sin. The blessing of God came off the entire nation of Israel because of what one man done in his very own tent. Now, we don't live in tents anymore, but we live in houses. We live in nations. We live in counties. We live in states. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? Dads, don't you know that sin in your life affects the whole family that God has blessed you with? Moms, don't you understand that when you displease God, it affects the entire house that God has blessed you with? And when these things happen, God says, now, whoa, 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 I told you. No, no, no. That's what happens. There is no use in you or I trying to make ourselves believe that we can hide something from God. Achan could have dug all the way to the center of the earth where the lava flows and God still would have seen what happened. It would, have not, it would have not made the single bit of difference where he dug, where he hid, or what he hide, where he went to hide. You see, this has been going on since the beginning of time. What happened when Adam and Eve brought sin in? First thing they wanted to do was hide. From the very start of creation, hiding sin has been man's Man's initial natural reflex was to hide it. But God sits on high and he looks down low and he can see everything we do. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows the number of tears that you cry. He knows the day he knew from the beginning the day you would be born. He knows when the day you're going to die. There's absolutely nothing that you're going to hide from him. I'm going to tell you something. When I was growing up, I was not, I guess, what you'd call a bad kid. My dad worked for the Oakland County Sheriff's Department. <laughs> he was an investigator there for some 28 years. Now, with that being said, all of his fellow employees were officers. Now, like I said, I wasn't necessarily a bad kid. But things I did on the weekends, this man knew before I got home. If I was somewhere that I wasn't supposed to be, he knew it before I got there. If I was at a party or a gathering of friends and the officer showed up, guess who found out before I got home? 
People always say, well, your dad works at the sheriff's department. If you get in trouble, you'll be okay. Let me tell you something. If my dad came to the jail and I was there, he knew where the keys to the cell was at. Yours didn't. <laughs> at least you have bars between y'all. Okay? I never was locked up. That's not my point. But I'm just saying, my dad knew things before I ever got home. Now, I'm not trying to say my dad was compared to the big man above. I'm just saying I couldn't hide things from him. I couldn't hide anything from him. It was useless. It was useless. He'd walk outside and say, where'd that mud come from on your truck? We ain't got mud like that in the driveway. Well, I, 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 I quit stuttering. Where'd it come from? He knew what I'd done. He knew where I'd been. It was absolutely useless for me to try to hide something from him. If I couldn't hide it from him, what makes you think I could hide it from God? It was absolutely useless. Absolutely useless. <clears throat> I'm saying this to say this. Or saying this to say that. There's absolutely nothing we can do to hide it from God. And when God says, leave these things alone, stay away from them, there are places in our lives that it must apply. And there's just a few I want to talk to you about today. The first one is as a nation. Psalms 33.12 says this right here. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom He has chosen for His own inheritance. What does that mean? That the, that the people are also blessed if they choose the Lord. That's what that means. If you'll follow what the Lord has said, then you'll be blessed as a nation and as a people as well. That's what he's saying. America was not built by our military might. Now, well, before you start saying, well, Brother Jason, you're just going down on our nation. No, 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 no. My dad fought for this country. My granddad's fought for this country. Probably me and my son would have been in the military if it had not been for a whole lot of please don't do that. More than likely. I'm all pro-America. I'm all pro-America. We, we were not raised up by our own wisdom as a nation. We were not given ability to be a world power by our own means. It is not how it worked. There was a time that the world would not have even thought about coming to the U.S. on this soil and starting a fight. Why was that? It was because God had his hand upon this country. He had his hand upon this nation. He had his hand covering this nation. He said, I've got your back. Because this nation was built by this. And it seems that here lately we have become a laughing stock. And why is that? Why is that? It's simply because this country has decided, well, God, you know, we may know better than what you can do. If you just back off, we'll push you out, we'll push you in, push you over here, and we're going to try this thing our way. Now things that were never heard of are part of primetime TV. We had this conversation just the other day. Part of primetime TV. And it's pranced down Main Street instead of being never heard of. Instead of never heard of. We have leaders in this country that believe in killing an unborn baby. One of the seven things God hates most is talked about in Proverbs 6, 17, and he says, hands that shed innocent blood. 
How does it get more innocent than an unborn baby? Never done a thing in the world to anybody. Ever. 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 We pass laws that thumb our nose and shake our hands, shake our fists at the foundation of God-ordained marriage. And now you see them stand on, on, the, on TV or in a church even or in a courthouse and they don't know if it needs to be a man, a woman, a man, a man, or a woman, a woman. They say, do it however you want to. But God said, no, no, no. I've told you how it needs to be done. I've told you exactly how it should be done. We are privileged to live in a part of this country that is called the Bible Belt of America. And sometimes we get in our heads that every other part of the country is just like this. But if you'll think about it, each and every year it seems that there's part of this country that is burning off the map, falling off the map from earthquakes or some sort of, some sort of natural disaster. Why do you think that is? It's because they decided they want to push God out and do it their own way. Now, I know we've got at least one teacher that's retired here, and I'm not picking on schools, but I'm going to tell you something. We wonder why, why we have people come running into schools these days and shooting the place up. It's because they've taken one person decided to take the Ten Commandments out, take Bibles out, take teaching, teaching a Bible in the, in the schools out, and what happened? What happened? God said, well, if you want to do it your way, I'll stand back and watch. God has never been one to say, I'm going to force you to do anything. He has always been a God of choice. And if you choose to do it some way other than what His way is, He'll say, okay, do it your way. Do it your way. Now, I'm not picking on America. I'm not picking on schools. I'm just telling you how it is. When you push God out, God will say, do it your way then. See how it works. See how it works. Proverbs 13, 30, or 14, 34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation. Exalteth a nation. But sin, but sin is a reproach to any people. Any. It does not specify, it says any. Any people. Any people. <coughs> now the second way I want us to think about this today is as a church. Now, I want us to take down the denominational divide, the denominational names. I'm not concerned about man-made traditions. Give me just a moment to get a drink here before I start coughing. Excuse me. I apologize. There's a verse here in the Bible that all of you are going to know, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That verse right there. If my people, if my people... When God says, if my people, he's not talking about the unsaved, my friends. He says, if my people, my people, that has to be Christian people. That has to be people that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. That has to be people that are on God's side. People may say, we're all God's children. No, no, no. No, no, no. We're all God's creation. But if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, you are not God's people. I hate to tell you that, but it is the truth. I'm going to be honest with you. If you're called by his name, he said, if you will do this, then I will do that. 
It only works one way. It only works one way. Then will I hear, if you will do these things, if you will humble yourself, if you will pray, if you will seek me, if you will turn from your wicked ways, then, then will I hear from heaven. If you ever felt like your prayers bounced off the ceiling and hit the floor? If you ever felt like what you were trying to say to God didn't get out of, didn't get outside your, your bedroom? If you ever thought that maybe that's the reason? Because there was something that you have brought in to the camp. There's something you brought into the house. There's something you brought in that God has said, no, that's an accursed thing. And I'm not going to hear from you. I'm not going to hear from you. Here's your prescription. This is a prescription to fix the problem. He said, then will I hear. But y'all don't get quiet, you know I'm telling you the truth. You know I'm telling you the truth. Don't get quiet on me. Then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Then I'll do it. Then I'll do it. You get right with me, then I'll do what's right for you. God said it. God said it. <coughs> as far as the church goes, we took down denomination lines. He said, we have preachers talking about preachers, murmuring about this one, talking about that one. We come in the doors, this one's mad at that one, that one's mad at this one, because you got, you got this, and they talked about this, and you were paying, and they, everybody's mad at each other. Let me tell you something about this. You talk about everybody wearing their fittings on their sleeve. You know who the most sensitive one in the church house is? Now hear me now. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Because when you come in and you grieve the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit hears something or there's something about the church house that the Holy Spirit is not in connection with, the Holy Spirit's going to say, mm -mm. And the Holy Spirit, he's going to back out. And your blessing will be lost. Your blessing will be gone. The Holy Spirit is the most sensitive individual in the church house. I promise you. I promise you that. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will turn around and leave. That is a promise. I guarantee it. The Holy Spirit will not stay where he is being grieved. The Bible tells us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? We upset him. We upset him with our own spirit being malice, unforgiveness, treating each other in a way that Jesus Christ would not treat each other. That's how we grieve the Holy Spirit. That's how we do it right there. That is how we do it. That is how we do it. We have a lot of things God disapproves of to move into our churches. I'm not talking about Calvary Baptist Church. I'm not talking about Wither Grove Baptist Church. I'm not talking about your the South Corinth Church of Christ. I'm not talking about the, the non denomination. I'm, I'm talking about the church, the church that Jesus Christ founded. He said he was the chief cornerstone of. The church. We have allowed things that grieve and this God disapproves of to move into them. And that is the truth. That is the truth. There was a Gallup poll made 
taken back in 2020. According to that Gallup poll, church membership is below 50% in this country now. Why is that? It's because people don't want to come to church. Plain and simple. It has fallen from 73% from back in 1937. Think about that. That's, 20, that's nearly 25% of people have quit coming to church through the generations. So what are they doing? They're just doing without. They're just doing without. Does church membership save us? No. No. But what did he say? What did, what, did, what did the Bible tell us? What does God's word tell us? That we are not to we, we, are, we, are, we are not to to, to, to we are, we are to come together as a people. As a people. We're not to forego the coming together of ourselves. That's what the Bible tells us. So if they're not coming, then what are they doing? They're not hearing the word. They're not hearing the word. Now the third way is as an individual. We're going to make it quick. Here, get out of here. I know y'all are hungry. As an individual, as an individual, we can talk about a family here. Joshua 24, 15. Joshua gave him an ultimatum here. Most of you are familiar with this, with this passage as well. Joshua 24, 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, me and my house are going to serve the Lord. I can't tell you what you're going to do. Now, I'm the same way, folks. I can't tell a nation what to do. I can't tell the churches what to do. But I can control what I'm going to do. I can control what I'm going to do. I can be the leader in my house. I can be the spiritual leader in my house. To be quite honest with you, I don't deserve the wife that God has blessed me with. I don't deserve the family, the boys, the daughter-in-law, the parents that God has blessed me with. I don't deserve it. What do I deserve? I deserve a freight train to hell. But because of God's grace and God's mercy, I've got a different destination. I've got a different destination. I don't deserve the opportunity to stand up here and bring God's word to you. I'm not worthy of that, but through him, I can do that. It's not anything that I do. It's not anything that I do. I've made mistakes and certainly don't deserve what God allows me to do. I certainly don't. So many times we get caught up in coveting the things that we see others have just like Achan did. Just like Achan did. And the devil steps in. He says, oh yeah, you need that. Oh yeah, you need that. And when the devil steps in, I promise you, he will convince you that you need more than what God is providing to you. And when the devil steps in and takes a toehold before you know it, he's got a foot with a mile. And when he, get, when he steps in in that way, it takes all the power of heaven above to get him out. Because you can't fight him alone. I can't fight him alone. There's nothing we can do to fight the, 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 the demons of hell but what God can provide for us. Now as, our, as our musicians come, just a, just a, a, 
a verse of invitation here in just a moment. Let me leave you with this. You wonder why we don't see revival from ourselves to, to Calvary Baptist Church, to Alcorn County, to Mississippi, to America. It's because we have allowed the accursed thing to creep in. To creep in, just like Achan did. We see temptation. Temptation leads to that lust. And that lust, we go grab. When that happens, when that happens, God has already told us, give us the instructions for no, no, no. When that happens, we have to step back and say, where does God draw the line in the sand down? And have I stepped over it? Have I stepped over it? As long as there is a point that we are stepping over what God has told us not to do, our blessings from on high, we will not receive. We will not receive. Why? As simple as this. God cannot send revival to what's dirty. God can't bless what's covered in sin. The only way that he will bless us and send revival is if we clean it up. If we clean it up. The only way that he can do that is if we come and give it to him. Maybe this morning there's something that you need to come lay at these altars and give it to God and say, God, I need this out of my life. I need help with it. I need help with it. Maybe there's somebody that you need to go to and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what happened. It's a whole lot better to lay down your pride and leave it at the altar, leave it with an apology, than to carry it around and miss a blessing that God has for you that you don't even realize that you're missing. You don't even realize that you're not getting it because God can't give it to you until you decide to leave it by the wayside.